Hello, everybody. I'm John Locke, and I'd like to welcome you to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. Listen up and enjoy the segment. For those serious about becoming successful, consistently profitable options traders, now is the time to build skills in technical analysis, market analysis, and applied volatility to get those results. We have multiple memberships, starting with our Go membership that teaches rules-based trading and our Pro membership that teaches more subjective trading. For more information, go to LockInYourSuccess.com membership. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Options Trading for Income for July 24th, 2023, episode 942, and our special uh, open house week. So just to remind you before we get going that this presentation or training is designed for educational purposes only. We're not broker dealers or financial advisors, not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial. Please make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that in this presentation, please consider all trades to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and the results. They are really as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind, live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. So first of all, I'd like to welcome our special open house guests that we're having this week and encourage them to join our Go membership. If you, if you do join the Go membership, you receive access to our Trader Success Blueprint our fundamentals of investing and trading program. You get access to our monthly Go Ask a Trader meetings, which is where we discover uh, or cover topics in more detail. We'll do free private, uh, free public one-on-one coaching sessions sometimes. And like I said, it focuses on your questions and digging deeper into any challenges that you might be having as a trader. Uh, we have access to the private Skype group for our Go members. We have, again, free coaching opportunities, access to over a thousand archive videos, and discounted one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then we, of course, have this meeting here that you're uh, attending today, which is our weekly options trading for income meetings, where we cover uh, 12 different rule-based strategies and we discuss the um, pluses and minuses and the advantages and disadvantages of the strategies as well as discuss any challenges that we have in our real-time trading of those strategies. So let's move forward here and just kind of quickly talk about the strategies that we're doing. So we cover 12 different trading strategies and we recommend them for different levels of uh, our trader success blueprint. So for our more beginner traders, we have the bear, the bull, the bear, uh, the unbalanced butterfly one super bull, or as you get more advanced and get to stage three, we're looking at our M3.4U V32, uh, the X4 version 14 and 17, and then our stage four trades are um, something that tends to have, they're a little bit more complex to manage, and they tend to have um, maybe a little bit more what we call freedom in the rules to do certain things. And we talk about these as they go through the market. Now, our objective here is not to find a trade that wins all the time, right? That is going to be, to be frank, a more amateurish approach to trading. It's like, I'm going to find a trading set, a set of trade rules and just because they worked all the time in the past, I'm going to hope they work into the future. And, you know, who knows, maybe 
you might do okay trading that way and you can do okay trading over time. So if you take any of these trading strategies over long periods of time, historically, they've done very well. Any given month or year, that can be a different story. Our objective here is to understand the strategies and to um, gain integrity with ourselves as we're trading. So it's going to be very important for you as a trader to have a set of guidelines that you stay within. And that doesn't necessarily mean adjusting at this delta, adjusting at that delta, but you have to have firm guardrails on either side to um, to trade well. Okay, so you want to have those firm guardrails. You want to, you know, have integrity with yourself. In other words, have some sort of a plan and follow that plan and have integrity to follow that plan even when things, you know, don't go as expected, or maybe they're going better than expected. Again, you can get out of, you can, you can go off the rails, so to speak, either direction, right? Things are going worse than expected. And then you can do something to blow yourself up or things are going better than expected and you can do something to blow yourself up. So, um, it's important to be able to have integrity at those points and to build those skills. And if you're going to be trading complex spreads and that, by, by that, I mean, you're not trading straight directional, I'm not buying stock. I'm not buying uh, long options. I'm not buying futures or selling futures and so forth. If you're going to do something a little bit more complex, you get into condors and different broken wing butterfly strategies, you want to have a good understanding of what you're doing. In other words, what is the entry strategy of this trading trade? What is the adjustment strategy of this trade? What's the exit strategy of this trade? And what are the advantages and benefits of that? And, you know, when is it not very useful to use these particular things and when, are, when is it very useful? And then when you combine that with, um, if you want to go to the next level and get into market outlook and you combine that with what the market's most likely to do and least likely to do, we can really start to make these consistent higher returns, which is what I think most of us are probably or would like to aspire to. So um, let's just quickly talk about uh, what we have coming up in the near term for our members, and then we'll get into our um, rates. So our trading performance meeting coming up is going to be Wednesday, July 26th at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Get any coaching requests and or uh, challenges, questions, please post them into the forum. Our next market outlook is going to be Monday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Our next uh, Go Ask a Trader meeting is going to be Wednesday, August 9th at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Okay. So, uh, also our next trade with the pros meeting is going to be Wednesday, August 2nd at 1 PM Eastern. All right. So let's dive into the trades. We actually have something coming into the chat, which, uh, I should mention. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to throw that into the webinar chat. Um, so Alexander just posted a chat here and it just says, you know, how do you know when there will be an IV change from low to high or high to low? That gets into market outlook, okay? And our pro membership. This is something that you should understand as a trader, and it's not a one-sentence answer. There's uh, a nuance to trading and understanding the, the uh, essentially the flow of the market. And when you start to understand the flow of the market, it helps to understand implied volatility. Sometimes we don't know when implied volatility shifts are coming, you know, because um, there can be surprise news events, right? So everything can be going along fine and we can have all of a sudden, hey, an airplane hits a building, right? And there's, uh, you know, or, or, or all of a sudden this COVID thing's a, a big deal where it didn't look like it was going to be a big deal in the past. 
right? And, and that's might be a surprise implied volatility change, but very often implied volatility changes are quite probable and fairly predictable. And that's going to depend a lot on your charting scenario, right? So whether price patterns are breaking out or, or, you know, we're hitting a certain level or if we break certain levels, um, you can make fairly good assumptions that if certain things happen with the price, that certain other things are going to happen with implied volatility. You could also make certain high probability, um, We'll call them predictions, which are not really predictions, but there's very, a lot of times there's very high probability things that the market's price is likely to do. There's areas where we're likely to go up and there's areas where we're likely to go down. And there's areas, if we break these areas, we're going to get shifts in implied volatility. And we pretty much know what type of shift we're going to get based on the importance of a particular area in the price. And if you want to learn about implied volatility, there's two programs that we have. We have Ultimate Income Trader, which is goes really deep into implied volatility. Not only um, what creates implied volatility, but also, you know, how how to assess what it's most likely to do, and based on what implied volatility is, how to assess what price is likely to do. I mean, all these things come into play, and and they're just a small piece of a big puzzle. And when you get the big picture that's when you really get an idea of what implied volatility is doing. So that's not something, I, like I said, I can answer in a single question, but that is something that you should strive to go towards. For trading, watching for IV short-term spikes or events. Yeah, so events can fire off short-term um, IV spikes, right? So if you know you're coming into an event, then, you know, just like in earnings on a stock, for example. So our Fed announcements are almost like earnings for the market. So... If you're doing earnings for stock, you can expect a um, a rise in implied volatility, or you can't necessarily expect or be sure of it. But normally, right, our normal behavior and our most probable behavior is if we come into an earnings event, you're going to get a rise in implied volatility. And depending on what the technical situation is setting up for that earnings event, that rise might be very high, or that might rise might be very, um, um, very small. And then you could usually expect, depending on the news, if it's somewhat within parameters of what it's expected to be, a fairly substantial drop in implied volatility. But of course, if that news is off the charts somewhere, then you might be looking at something that's that's a little bit different. But yeah, but news affects implied volatility for sure. And like I said, FOMC is almost like an earnings event for the market. So that can cause the spikes and drops as well from before and after, depending on how that news is expectations. But we don't know what the news is going to be, right? So, you know, you're probably going to get a rise in, depending on the importance of the event, the rise will be uh, higher, right? So sometimes FOMC meetings don't really mean anything. Sometimes everybody's keying off of them. And depending on what that situation is, you know, you can do that. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen there, but we do know with very high probability with price movements what implied volatility is likely to do. So um, we like to go in that way. But anyway, moving on. So we're just going to quickly go over um, our strategies. We only go over what we did for the last week in this meeting. For our members, they go back into our archives. We have thousands of past videos, they go back into the archives, you can see, you know, how the trade went in its entirety. 
So this is the bull strategy. It's a simple bullish vertical, no adjustments, right? So we have an entry strategy by date. We have an exit strategy by date or exit loss trigger if, uh, if, the, if the position draws down too much. And <clears throat> uh, we have a timed exit. Basically, when the next trade starts, we just enter again. So this trade right now, as it sits, has a $2,500 exit loss trigger, which would happen if the market went down into this range. Again, it's just a simple bullish vertical, no touch adjustment strategy, date related exit, doesn't matter what the technicals do, completely non-subjective, stage one trade, very simple. Um, you'll see this trade performs very well. It's not only has it performed very well over time since 2002, it's, um, you know, year over year. It's, it doesn't mean we've never lost a year. We have had negative years, but they're seldom, they're few and far between. And um, like I said, overall, the trade does very well. So right now, um, this is up $860. Obviously, there's no adjustments. The next strategy I want to jump into is uh, is the bearish butterfly. So I'm going to go back to the 17th here. This is not a good environment for a bearish butterfly. The Russell's been extremely bullish over the time period that we've been here. And this is, let's see, what do we have on? We have an August bearish butterfly on. And this is a negative delta bearish bias trade. And this I'm not sure where the date was bought, but the market was somewhere down in here around 1840. And we've had, you know, well over a hundred points of up move in the meantime. And as of last Monday, this is what the position looked like here. Now this position shouldn't look like this. This, we should have rolled up into, we've had actually a price point trigger to roll this position up into 1960. We did not do that. So one of the things we discuss in the meeting here is real time, real, real events that come up. And one of the things that happened to happened in this particular cycle is the Russell went so up, so far up that we've actually run out of, out of option strikes. So Russell's essentially in an extreme overextension, more than the applied volatility. And I, this is the way I interpret this, right? This may or may not be true, but since the market maker computer or market makers or the powers that be did not put in strikes at this level. They never really expected the market to be this high in this expiration cycle. So um, that's the way I interpret it anyway. When we hit our adjustment point here for the first time, we kind of ignored it because we didn't have any strikes and we know we're overextended and so forth. However, now we're hitting it for the second time. So basically what happened in the background is the market went up, it came, put full back and, it, and, and it's going higher again. We should probably do something here. Again, we probably should have done it earlier, um, but we should probably do something here. If I don't have strikes here, usually what I like to do is I'll just go out into another cycle that um, that is fairly close. So in the Russell, we have a seven day to expiration cycle it's, uh, or an expiration cycle that's seven days longer. So I, in this case here, I jumped out into that cycle. So I closed this trade and I reopened into the, into the cycle that was August 25th expiration. And then if the market continues to go up and we're not stopped out yet, I mean, it makes sense that we might get stopped out on a bearish trade with that kind of bullish market action. So, uh, yeah, we're not stopped out yet. Then we will eventually have everything in the new cycle. And then, um, and then the charting will look normal. 
One of the reasons I resisted doing this earlier is for our newer traders. As soon as we do that, we get a weird looking expiration graph, right? And we can, we can, we can kind of play with this and we can, we can separate, um, we can go into the closer date, but we can go into the further date, but this gives us a weird expiration graph too. You know, if you're a veteran here, this doesn't really bother you, but if you're newer, then you're going to get freaked out and you don't want to do that. Um, that's one of the reasons I resisted rolling this the first time. I didn't necessarily want to show this. So I was just kind of hopeful that, well, that this didn't happen from a demonstration standpoint. From a trading standpoint, I don't really care. All right. But uh, anyway, we jumped out into this here. Now we have on a bearish butterfly, we don't have another roll point until 1885. So if I go here till we went up and, and we're down 12, 490, uh, 492. Go to Wednesday. Again, we don't have another roll point until 1885. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which we didn't hit here on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we uh, we actually pulled back. Okay. And then here, if we go to Friday, we pull back a little bit more. And this position right now is currently... Let's see, the asset price is 1960, so there's no adjustment triggers, and we're currently down $8,342. Uh, had you done nothing to the trade and held on um, on that adjustment point on Monday, this would have stopped out. And again, depending on your live, if you're trading live, if, if you were to trade this live, and we talk about this in, in backtesting, right? So you always have to play out the other scenario. If you were in this live, you don't know if you would have gotten the same pricing so you, if you got worse pricing, where you handle this a little bit differently, that may have stopped out. Um, if you got uh, better pricing, then of course it wouldn't be an issue. Okay, so that was um, what we had. Oh, oh, this is a good question. Why did I roll to nineteen eighty and nineteen sixty? That may have been an error. Let's take a look at that. Right, so I make errors. So one of the things we talk about here too is errors that we make. Um, this should have gone to 60. So am I right? Yeah, yeah, that should have gone to, um, that should have gone to 1960. So let's fix that. Uh, let's go back here. A lot of times I make an error, I'll leave it, but let's fix it. Let's see what, let's see what kind of difference that made, right? Because this is, like I said, this is about learning. So let's do, let's talk about here. Let's pull. Actually, let's not do that. Let's just close this. So I do these real time most of the time, and sometimes it's a little fast, and sometimes I make mistakes. And you guys catch them, which is awesome. I need you're paying attention. So IS10 plus... Um, this may actually trigger a double roll. So, right, so we could have we could have rolled any time after 1965, which means... Actually, this would have been Monday, so let's... This happened on Monday. So um, this would have triggered to here. So let's go to here and to here and to here. I love this. Um, okay, so now I can't go here. I have to go uh, here. Some, I swap months, so that's why that happens. So uh, let's see, minus, I'm just going to move this down 20 points. So minus 10. All right, so let's um, let's commit that. 
All right. And then that means Tuesday. That means my next roll point is actually 1965. Right. So that means I can actually roll this again here on Tuesday. So that means I pull out of this trade here. And then one other and then minus 10. Oops, not that one. This one. And then I'm going to move into here. And then into here. Okay, uh, let me commit this. Make sure I did it right. Oh, I didn't duplicate it. Yeah, so I, I apologize I didn't duplicate it. Um, but anyway, this is this is where we should be at this point, right? So now we're here. Now we have our short strikes at 1980. So now our next roll, because we're at maximum roll, is at 1985. So let's go to Wednesday here with 13.7. So nothing there, and this is Thursday, and then this is Friday. So if we, so as of Friday, if we took this path, and um, and that's pretty much the path I would have taken, we'd be down about 9,000. So we're definitely still under a lot of stress here, and this is how I would be positioned. Then, of course, if we trigger up over um, this uh, 1985 level here, then, um, then we would have a, um, another role. We would get completely out of this cycle and we'd be in, in the newer cycle here. Um, so they've added strikes now here too. So another thing we could have done is we could walk back into this cycle as well. Either way, um, what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to exit this when this is zero days to expiration. I'm just going to be exited out of this trade, whether it wins or loses. Uh, when this is 21 days to expiration, we'll automatically drop into the reduced profit target. We still don't have the implied volatility is not low enough yet to get into expiration guidelines. So um, that's how that goes. So if we did nothing and left it, it was a stop out. If we rolled into this here, it looks like we probably would have done okay, but probably close to a stop out. And then of course I had that error, which was also close to a stop out, but would still be okay. All right. So that's what um, that's what we have for our our bearish butterfly there. Now let's see. Moving forward here, we also have a bear trade, which back. And by the way, what I'll do too, is if we have time at the end here, I want to quickly go over how we've been doing so far this year with the results for the year. But here is our bear trade. Now the bear trade we can't roll. Right, so the 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 trade stops us from triggering a roll in our August, and that means we're just going to end up stopping out here. I think on Thursday, uh, probably Wednesday. So this is our stop out point here on the bear trade, and this is going to be an exit. People think that the bearish butterfly and the bear trade are the same trade. They're not. They're different. The bear trade actually is doing much, much better than the bearish butterfly this year. Although this cycle looks like we did worse. But for the year, it's actually been doing much, much better. Um, this minus 16, 3. 
And that's going to be the end of that. Uh, also, worthy of note, it is entry day for Bearish Butterfly on Friday. So go to Friday. Let me go to... I'll go back to Bearish Butterfly. We're going to start a new trade. 56 days to expiration. We are going to go to about 20 points under the money. We're going to put on a 50-point wing butterfly, about 20 points under the money. So that's here. And that's what I said when we talk about this. You see how simple the bull trade is, right? Nothing. The bear trade is also fairly simple. We did nothing. Uh, the bearish butterfly, fairly complex. So a lot of learnings here, though. One, two, three, five. This is going to be our entry. Let's commit that. This is going to be 2023-09 butterfly. We also have a bear trade entry, which fantastic. This should be a fantastic cycle for these strategies, by the way. Um, let's do and minus two, one. Five, two, three, four, five. Let's commit this here. And these are both uh, off to the races. So this is, um, this should take care of that. So let's move into, yeah, we'll talk about, uh, question is why did the bear trade do better than the bearish butterfly? Are there fewer adjustments? The bear trade has a lot fewer adjustments. It's traded in a shorter time frame, and the adjustments are different. In the okay, so every trade has an entry strategy, an adjustment strategy, even if that adjustment strategy is to do nothing, and an exit strategy. Okay, so we all have that. The entry strategy in the bear and the bearish butterfly are pretty much identical. The adjustment strategy is different. Right, they have some elements that are the same, right? So the, the initial scale is the same, but our roll-up adjustment is has different rules and guidelines, and our roll-back adjustments have rules, different rules and guidelines, and our exit strategy is different on the uh, on the bear trade. It it does have the same um, I profit target number, the same exit loss trigger trigger number, but it has a um, it has a different adjustment it has a different exit strategy and any anywhere in between okay so those those three items are going to create different reactions depending on how the market moves and how what implied volatility does and this is what we're trying to understand this is what you want to understand right this is you want to understand the differences and that's the benefit of coming into the go membership is you come in and we track these and you have all the recordings of these you can see why one does well in one environment. You know, sometimes they both do very, really well. Sometimes sometimes they'll both do really poorly, depending on, again, the exact conditions. And, but a lot of the times, you'll see one will be substantially better than the other, even though from a layman's point of view, they look identical, right? But it's, the, it's those types of nuances that make the difference. And once you understand those nuances, you can decide which types of rules you want to follow, whether you want to be more in the bear adjustment and exit strategy or more in the bearish butterfly adjustment and exit strategy, depending on what the market's doing.
Okay, so that's the best way I can answer that. Okay, so anyway, um, this is where, but that is though that was those trades. This is uh, our M3. So our M3 for July got beat up a little bit, and this was the position we were in as of Monday. Nothing happened here. Um, we decided to lock this down at an $1,100 loss, see if the trade would come back into play. So one of the things that happens is trades come in and out of play sometimes. This was out of play. It never came back into play. So this just expired where it is now for a relatively minor loss here of 1100 Again, this is a $50,000 plant capital, $5,000 loss trigger. And, you know, ended up being down a little bit. Our M3 for August looks like this. This was our positioning. This one isn't doing bad. It's drawn down, but it's not doing bad. Again, we talk about this with V22. So in V22, it's a butterfly call structure like an M, similar to an M3, but different uh, in the SPX. The SPX has a very poor implied volatility structure for that kind of trade. At least it does right now. Um, and that's causing challenges. The Russell has a more consistent implied volatility structure than the SPX does. The SPX varies around a lot. So normally we don't have a problem with this type of strategy in the Russell. But there are times when we do, and, and this is one of those times where it's a little bit more challenging in the Russell as well. In the butterfly call structure, um, this is, again, what we look like with our M3 for August at least for this cycle, right? So just this cycle. So what happened here is we came up over uh, more than 10 points over our long strike. So this is going to call for a roll. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this position off. I'm going to roll it up to 1950. In this case here, we come out slightly positive delta. We're only, we're only in a 48 delta call. Generally, for those of you who are fairly new, if we're in out-of-the-money calls, that position is going to act more negative delta than it really is. If we're in deep in the money calls, it's going to act about what it really is. So generally, if I'm like out of the money or like at the money, I tend to like to be a little bit positive on the delta side. Again, that's just understanding how your T plus zero line reacts given the software that you're using. Um, so this is what it looked like on Tuesday. This is Wednesday. Thursday and uh, Friday. So as of Friday, this is down for 50. This has a $5,000 exit loss trigger. So this is really irrelevant. It's, it's um, um, nothing as far as a drawdown and not a concern. And this is doing fairly well. We have an entry for our next M3 trade. This next cycle, again, bearish butterfly M3. I like that the cycle in um, in both those strategies for entry. So let's go to our expiration cycle of 56 days here, our monthly September. Start a new trade and 50,000 plan capital. Well, the implied volatility skew curve is still extremely flat, so we should probably be able to do 20 contracts. One, two, three, four, five... And 1940 gives us 68 delta. 
See if I hedge that off here, just here. This would be a good entry. Again, this being a little bit stage four, we have a little bit of subjectivity. If you want to push a little positive or a little negative, since we're near 50 Delta call, let's just push it a little bit positive. And at that, actually, let's I have to check my downside risk here. I don't know if I can be in these contracts. Let me look here. So I have to take my asset price, which is 1960 times 0.92. Is 1803. Our drawdown at 1803 is about 7900. So that's that's fine. I can stay in my 20 contracts. Uh, let me commit this three. And again, this one is off to the races. Then we have. Let's go back to. Go back to Monday. Go into M3.4U. So this was our M3.4U position. This is a small position. It's a 5,000 plan capital position that we demonstrated in. Uh, basically nothing happened here. This has just expired at a plus $291-ish uh, profit. So I will show you the days, I guess, till Thursday here. Notice we did go negative delta. That fires off an upside adjustment trigger in the trade. But realistically, we don't have any extrinsic value. There would be no benefit to doing that. It would just cost you commissions and there's no point, right? So we would just leave this and let this uh, expire out. If we go to our August position, this one got whacked pretty hard to the downside, and then we got hit in that really hard reversal. So this one's actually not up right now, but um, we're essentially here at break-even on Monday, and I don't believe we triggered anything on this either. Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday. So as of Friday, we're down like, oops, 44 bucks here. And we're just kind of waiting till we get some sort of a negative delta shift in this so that we can make an up adjustment. But as of right now, this is where M3.4 year stands for August. If we start a new trade, again, we're 56 days. So let's look at entry here on the strategy. So I'm going to come in. I'm going to go... To 1940. We're doing two contracts here, which is a $5,000 planned capital position. So 60 point wing, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four. Okay, so we have at, at, at a trade this size, we have a delta limits of positive four and minus three inside the tent. Right now, we our, our normal entry puts us over our maximum delta number, so I have to. Uh, make a correction for that. The way we correct for entry delta in this particular strategy is to roll the upper long out. That puts us at 2.11. That's about half a maximum. That's fine. So I'm going to commit this here. And that's going to be our entry for our September position. Next is going to be, let's see, no questions on this. Let's go to, go to our rock trade here. The rock trade looks something like this here on Monday. This situation here, I'm condored out a little bit because um, our downside risk is too high. This trade has not gone well. Again, butterfly call position, just a straight up move on this uh, trade. Unfavorable applied volatility skew curve shifts. Um, presents for an unfavorable trade. We weren't able to get into rock position. If we were able to sh shift into rock position here, we probably would have done okay for the cycle, probably fairly well, but 
um, the, the numbers just aren't hitting, lining up right. So what we do here is, this is, I can't roll it. It's going to require an up adjustment. Um, that's going to be moving our short strikes. That's going to put us into a position that looks like this. So now we're inside guidelines. Notice we're getting a crushing T plus zero line to the upside, which is, again, that's the implied volatility market. If I go here, again, I'm to the point where I cannot, um, I cannot roll this per guidelines. I have to make an up adjustment. The only adjustment I can make to the upside that makes sense is to pull this off, um, pull the vertical off to the upside. And that does leave us enough downside risk. Realistically, this puts us in a no-win situation. I really shouldn't be in this trade at this point. I should just exit out of it. Um, I, I'm not hitting any numbers. I'm only three days to expiration. Trade hasn't been going well. Um, this is an exit. If I was going to stay in it, this is probably what I would do with it. Just leave it here at a bull vertical um, and and risk the debt. And, and and have I still have the same downside adjustment point, right? So um, I can still have the same downside and upside adjustment points. I can say, well, positive 50 delta is my downside adjustment point, which case I can shift back into my butterfly-ish position. My upside adjustment point, I could still keep at, um, you know, anything over 1980. I could do that if I wanted to. Um, those are all options. To me, that's just fighting too hard to make money. I mean, making money in the market's not very hard unless you make it hard. Um, this is just making it really hard. So um, I would just exit this here and let it go. If I went to this day here, this does put us at a roll point. Theoretically, if you want to do rock positioning, it would probably trigger here, right? So if I close this out, for example, and I did a 50-point butterfly... I did an entry test, it would probably go. So, what am I at? 1960. Yeah, this gives me enough delta to do. Oops, no. Um, I'm not even at the right strikes here. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. That gives me enough delta to do a rock trade, right? So, um, if I was going to do that, It'd actually have to be at these strikes. And again, this is making money the hard way, but we'll see if this goes miserably bad or not. Let's let's do this. All right, so we could do this as a short-term trade too, right? Um, we'll see, let's see if this goes miserably bad or what. So uh, model. Yeah, for science sake. Thank you, Brandon. For the, for, for the sake of science, let's play with this. Um, let's... Um, Let's go to our T log. Let's go into our rock trade here. It's actually labeled wrong. It's actually the July trade. But um, for the sake of science, this would be um, our normal position. Then we would go into 40 points over. So we go into this one here. I'm going to be way over capitalized, but we, we would fix that. So one, two, three, four. Oh, shoot. No, uh, yeah, one, two, five. So we'd be essentially um, 
in a condor like this, except I can't do that because now I have too much um, positive delta. So, so it'd be five, maybe five. So even that's too high. So I'm only, I'd have to go into like a, so maybe a three contract. I won't do less than three. Three would be my limit here. If I can't get three in, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't do this. Minus three, plus three. Is that right? Yeah, plus one, two, three. Okay, so now I'm just goofing stuff up. So let's see. 10 points under 1970. Minus 10, plus 10, and then I have minus three, plus three. Okay, it's gonna give me minus two twenty. So, what did I goof up? So, minus five and plus five. Minus ten plus ten. Minus five. Plus five. All right. So this is minus one eleven. Right. So that. Um, I did something crazy here. Let, let me go. Uh, let me do the 10. Okay, this is not doing what it, want, what it wants me to do. So minus 10 plus 10. Come on. Minus 10 plus 10. 134. Yeah, so like I said, we should be like at the 7. Minus 7. That's That makes more sense. 7. Um, minus 7. Seven. All right. Yeah. So something like this. We, um, we would also, that would be a point at which we would do that. Let's just see how this plays out on its own. Let's just call this a test. Let's just commit this test. And, you know, as if we're at zero profit and loss, we know we're slightly under. So rock test. We would obviously be taking our capital down, right? So there's no need for our long strikes to be here. They should be here, right? This would be our monitoring position. Our actual position would be a little bit different. So if I go to Thursday, that puts me into here. So now I'm flat. It's going to force me to roll back. Uh, oh, that would be it, right? So we'd have to exit this. So if we did that, then, then we would end up being um, basically flat. Uh, or it wouldn't make a difference, right? So basically I'm doing a lot of work really for nothing. Although it could have worked out okay if we didn't get this much of a down move, right? We could have ended up making a decent amount of money. But um, I'd have to close that. So it, really make, it re would really make no difference. It's just a lot of work for nothing. But that is a um, way to play with that. So moving on here, we also have our V32. which on our July, let's go back to one more day. This is our July V32. Again, this is named wrong. Um, this would have been exited here and it would have been exited because it's time to enter our new trade. And I would have jumped into our new trade here. I could also hold it because there's really no downside risk if I have the capital in my account. 
But basically, this would either expire at like a 995 profit, or I exited here. And then, I, I'm sorry, I exited the following day. And then, um, this is entry date for our new trade, which is here. And it's just a 40, 60 broken wing butterfly. We don't really pay much attention to Delta. If we go here to Thursday, market moved down a little bit, but um, not really a problem. And then if we go into Friday here, we have a rollback point for under 1960, so no rollback point. So as of um, our V32 as of Friday for August is actually pretty much at break even. And sitting right here, if we end up closing lower today, we'll end up rolling this back. Um, if we go higher, then that's good. And then uh, we also had a rock trade entry on that Wednesday, but I didn't enter a rock trade. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because we didn't have any strikes. So the strikes were not available for me at that time. Would have been our Wednesday. So I didn't bother entering the trade. Right, so for me to enter this, I would have had to have a long strike at 2010. I just left it alone. What I'll do is I'll wait till uh, the following Wednesday when the weekly is 30 days expiration. I'll just go into the weekly. Uh, unless they decide to populate the strikes here, in which case we will uh, we'll use the regular cycle. Okay, that's what we have for the, um, the Russell trades. For our SPX, we have, just to go through this really quickly, we have our UB1 trade, which had an adjustment on Monday. So people ask me, how do I know our implied volatility skew curve is starting to uh, go back to normal? We know because we're actually getting theta adjustments on our UB1. So since COVID, we have not had a theta adjustment on our UB1. The theta numbers have been out of whack because our implied volatility skew curve has been so flat. Now we're getting something into what's a little bit more normal market. We're actually triggering a theta adjustment. So we had, a, I think, a 23 entry theta. As of Monday, we're at uh, 10. So we're going to try to try to get that theta number back up into the 20s. If we do basically this adjustment here, we take the 4360 down to 4340. That brings us up to near 20. And that's going to be our adjustment. And then we just basically, uh, I think, ride this out till Friday. Go to Friday here. And this would be our positioning as of Friday. This has a date exit. So our strategy is to basically exit when our next trade starts. So we would exit this trade. Not a not a huge profit, but um, did okay. Let's enter this. Close that out. So at plus 329. Commit that plus 329. And we're going to go into our 56 data expiration and we'll enter this. So the UB1 strategy places the long strike, at least to start at the money. That's four, one, two, three, four, 40 point wing. One, two, three, four, five, six, 60 point wing. Check the delta. Oh, wait a minute. We are at um, 16. We have to be under positive 10. I'm going to widen this out. That puts us at under positive 10. And we will commit that. 
save. And then the other ones will be really quick. We have a Super Bowl, which looks like this as of Friday. That's had no adjustments. It's up 188. We have a V14. For August, that's had no adjustments. It is up 280. We have a V14 for September, which had no adjustments. It's down 360. We have a V17 for August. It's up 12, almost about 1300 as of Friday. And again, had no adjustments for the week. We have our September V17, which is up 329 and had no adjustments for the week. We have our V22s. Let me look at my notes, which also had no adjustments unless they happened Friday. So let's... Right, this is, looks like an M3, which has had implied volatility challenges for the week. But as of Friday, this was uh, down 298, which is, again, not really an issue. No adjustments. And then we had this here, which was uh, down about 338. And again, no adjustments. So what's good here were bad depending on how you look at things is you know we've had some a really good run in a lot of the trading strategies through the covid and the relief of covid uh, and so forth because we had very i mean we have had very you know during that time frame we've had very historically unusual applied volatility skew curves giving us a advantage in our especially in our shorter term trades where implied volatility is very high coming into expiration and then drops off very, very rapidly. We're starting to transition back into that normal pre-COVID environment. We're still not there yet. We're still at very historically flat um, implied volatility skew curves and so forth. But you can see the transition coming into play as the market settles out, like we talked about in market outlook. And you know, as we start breaking into our more bullish um, uptrend, then these are likely to return back to pre-COVID levels. And you know, we may end up returning back to trading style that we had a little bit pre-COVID. Okay. Um, that transition can be sketchy for some people, especially if they just did stuff in back tester and they really didn't test anything before COVID. Um, but like I said, something to be watching out for. Again, we'll discuss this more deeply within the pro membership arena because that's where we focus on that and the market outlook. Um, anyway, that's what we have there. I told you I'd quickly go over, and if anybody has any questions, please throw them in now. I'll quickly go over how the guidelines trades have been doing for the year. Let me pull this back down here. And I don't have all the July numbers in. Um, I just haven't put them in yet. But our bull strategy for the year is, again, this is not an overlapping trade. It's up 66, almost 62%. Uh, for the year. So we've done very, very well. It makes sense. We've transitioned into a bullish market scenario. Our bearish butterfly has been a little bit more challenging. We've had um, a couple of big losses or, I mean, normal, but relatively large losses for the year, which is unusual, right? So we had our loss in February and we had the July loss and then August. We're still to debate, but we're basically, you know, like near break even for the year as of um, July close. 
And again, to be expected with the, especially with the bullishness of the market recently. And then um, our bear trade is up as of end of July, 61.5%. There is no overlap in this. So this is up. Our bear trade is up just as much as our bull trade. Uh, it's doing fairly well. Now that's going to come on play in August because our bear trade took a loss in August because of the aggressiveness of the up move. But um, now that that aggressive up move is over, that'll likely settle out and it will probably be okay the rest of the year or at least for the next couple cycles. Um, and then if we go into M3, M3 has been underperforming this year. Again, we've had an uptrend with the type of implied volatility skew curve that's not particularly favorable for it. Not doing terrible, but not doing great. So we're up trade for trade 16.55. Uh, our M3.4U has been doing very well this year, as it has been the last several years. Uh, we're up 81.42% as of the close of July. So that's looking really, really good. Again, this is an overlapping trade. So if you adjusted that down to compare it to a bull trade, for example, or to compare it to a bear trade, you'd be looking at like 40.17, right? So that's just making it fair because we have uh, overlapping. Um, a rock trade has been performing fairly normal. I mean, we had a, lot, a bit of a loss in July here, but it was very minor. Usually this tips over 100% for the year. We're at 61.58. If the year continues to play out, then that should be fine. Our V32 is uh, up about 19.9%. Again, this does not overlap, so that's a real number, and um, it's doing fine, but well performing under what I would expect it to do normally. Uh, our Super Bowl trade here is up a hundred after as of August close. I, I've got all the way to August here. Um, is up one fourteen point nine percent. This the way we trade this is we take a total loss on it, so we have to kind of divide that by ten. So realistically, if you were to contrade it to compare it to like a bull trade, it's up eleven point four nine percent, which um, is okay, but not super. Our UB1 trade is up 15.4. This is usually a 20 to 40% year trade, so this is kind of normal. And our V14 is up 37.5% for the year. Our V17 is up 59.21. Our V22 is up uh, 9.31. Again, this is suffering the same challenge as the m 3 been suffering this year, a little bit um, underperforming due to the uh, implied volatility shift. And then, of course, we have our pro trades, which for the year, um, trade for trade, are up 644%. We're going for 1,000 on this. Um, we had a very good first half of the year. The July expiration cycle is uh, the June, May, June, July Um I haven't, I didn't do any trades in May expiration cycle. So just for reference here, um, this is what we did in, um, for trades, right? So trade for trade, we had a 98 minus seven, a 25, then we had a 25, 65, 24, 21, 38, 46, 17. So those three cycles were really good. We get into, um, our, our April, we were 67, 17, 50, 68. So April was fantastic. 
May, I did not trade. We jumped right from, we tr- we pushed April into expiration and I didn't like the time frame of May. So we jumped right into uh, June. And again, these were lower than normal, 13, 13, 19, 19, and 10. And then I do have July trades on and they're all positive, but they're not like super positive. So um, we'll probably be, as of close of July trades, we'll probably close up to probably still under 700. Hopefully the rest of the year, uh, you know, once the market settles out. So that's one of the things when we're trading, right? So we're trading transitionally into, um, we're tra- we're transitioning. So, you know, you get a certain market environment and then you, you can trade well during that environment. And then you get a shift in environment. And usually during that shift, you take some sort of a down or drop in performance. And then once the new environment establishes itself, then we can kind of push into, um, we can kind of push into, you know, doing well again. So hopefully this, um, um, you know, when we settle out, we get back in because I haven't hit that thousand number and I've been, like I said, that was our impossible goal. And hopefully that we'll be able to do that this cycle, this, uh, this year, that would be great. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so what types of trades are in pro trades? So there, um, we use the techniques that we use in our guidelines trades. So we have certain entry strategies, exit strategies, and whatever, uh, and exit strategies. And we swap between, we'll swap between, we'll do verticals, we'll do calendars, we'll do uh, M3s, we'll do M3.4Us, we'll do, you know, V17s and so forth. Um, but they're all subjectively applied to the marketplace based on what we show in market outlook. So and we'll talk about market outlook, what's going on in market outlook, and then based on what's going on, we will apply a strategy of the marketplace, and and that's how, basically how we do that. Um, did I skip the May pro trades for personal or market reasons? Um, so kind of, well, for market reasons, but um, it's kind of a combination of, right, so when we're doing stuff subjectively, what we're going to do here is we're going to look at the market we've got to have certain trades on, right? So in this case here, I'm in my, my, I'm in my, let me get the month straight. We didn't trade, we didn't trade May. Um, I'll have a certain amount of trades on, right? And, and we'll have a certain amount of money invested in the marketplace. Am I going to hold those trades into expiration? Again, these are all, these, these might be on a weekly cycle, right? So you can see this this here's the, the cycle. So this ended on the 28th, this ended on the 21st, this ended on the 21st, this ended on the 28th, right? They were a bull strategy, a UB1 calendar composite strategy, an M3.4U strategy, and what we call a Hammett trade, which again, our program members know what that is. Um, we have we have these trades going. They go right into, I believe we expired everything. So these go right into the 21st, into the 28th. So I'm, I'm near at the end of the month. When I when I'm out of my trades and I look at, look at what's going on, I have to decide what expiration cycle I want to be in. Right. I have to, I have to, um, I have to decide what expiration cycle I want to be in. And I go in and, um, if I look at my, you know, my, my, my weekly cycles or daily cycles or whatever, or you have it in our, um, in our May cycle, I might say, well, I don't really like that time frame. So in which case I jump out and then this case here, I ended up being in the June timeframe and that just happened to skip, skip the, the expiration cycle 
on on that month. Okay, um, always with our trainings, right? We 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 talk about real money, paper money. As far always with my trainings, I've always done this. I always consider everything paper money. Um, that's just the way I do it. So whether it's live money or not, it's always paper money. So um, that's just that's just the way I choose to do things. I don't want to give anybody any um, misguidance on anything. Um, it's just the way that it's always been. Okay. Um, even if I'm tracking our live play trades, I sell you to consider them paper money. Right? Because we have we have these play trades that we do in membership that you can track, which. I can show you the live executions on it, but I want you to consider it. I want you to consider it a simulated trade because I'm doing everything here and all the memberships for educational purposes. And sometimes I will go off to, uh, to make a point, right? And that may end up, you know, for any reason that may end up a little bit different than I'm trading it live. But again, we're trying to create lessons here so that you can become a fantastic trader. Okay. That's what we want to do. We want to make you a fantastic trader, making your own choices. And that'll enables you to be uh, successful in the market over the long term and to adapt to the marketplace. This is where we want to go, right? Not just following a set of rules and hoping they work. Again, we all start that way, I think, which is wonderful. I mean, that's the way we have to start somewhere, right? But eventually, we want to take the techniques from the trades and we want to apply them effectively. And that's what we're, sh we're demonstrating here. How to, uh, uh, you know, how to apply a good entry strategy to the marketplace. How to apply a good adjustment strategy in the marketplace. How to apply the... Okay, so hopefully that makes sense to everybody. Again, thank you for joining me here. Thank you for uh, to our special guests for taking the time to, um, to check this out. All right, hope to see you in the Go membership. And even the pro membership, if that is your level. Trade well, everyone, and we'll see you soon. And that is what I have for you today. If you have any questions or comments or anything else you'd like to see in the next Trading Performance Podcast, please list that in the comments, and I'll personally answer your questions and comments for you. Also, I'd love to encourage you to come on over to LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E in your success.com. And check out our Trading Performance and Pro Memberships, where you can find the tools you need to become a much more effective trader, regardless of the type of trading you do. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to seeing you on the next Trading Performance Podcast.